Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Two Beers Please podcast. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Yannick. I'm Matt. Welcome back to another episode. Glad to have you with us. Uh, as always, make sure you're following and liking the Facebook page, Two Beers Please, the Instagram, which is Two Beers Please, one word, underscore podcast, and the Twitter account, which is 2BP underscore podcast. And of course, subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Show the love to the podcast, to all the hard work we're putting together. The sports overload has officially gotten out of hand, especially after the last 24 hours. New York Islanders survive. Heat and Nuggets show out. Of course, WNBA playoffs started in the in Phoenix Mercury guard Shea Petty hits a buzzer beater against her old team, the defending champion Mystics, to advance Phoenix to the next round. And even off the playing field, there's been big movement. As today, it's been announced the Big Ten will officially return to play starting the weekend of October 23rd, 24th. Yeah. Yeah. I Safe to say excitement over here in the Two Beers, Please podcast corner. Uh, you know, Yannick, what are your initial reactions? I, th- I think we have to dive right into this just because it's it's big news, particularly for us two Hawkeye fans, but I think for college football in general. So why waste any time? What are your, your initial reactions to the Big Ten announcing that play will will happen this fall? Um, I have two reactions. The first one is I think it, I I did not think they were going to be able to save themselves from this whole situation. Of course, the decision was made in good faith because they really thought there's no way we can do this without, you know, putting the player safety in jeopardy. But and I was all for that. I didn't think that any any school should play. And I'm still not saying that it's the right decision. But with all the other conferences not following them, I think they were under a lot of pressure, right? Because a lot enough leagues have shown that they can play and, you know, protect the players playing and like do the right kind of postponements needed. I mean, look at the MLB. They've had a million billion postponements and they're still going. So I think it there is a way to be done. And I think that's why the Big Ten made this decision. And I'm and I'm glad that they did. They could have said, no, we made it off to next year and really screwed a lot of schools that, you know, already fighting for higher contention with the SEC and stuff like that. And I, I definitely like the decision. My only question remains, you know, we're, we decided to put all the kids in jeopardy. And so that's fine. But again, NCAA has to look at these kids not as, as students anymore. That just has to be the decision made, like after all of this. So more controversy there. My second take is if you guys think We've been annoying about any of the teams that we like yet. You have no idea when I literally have that as one of my notes. You have no idea. (laughs) It's like this is going to be really fortunate or unfortunate for you, depending on how much you want to hear about Iowa football, because we might just have to have like one day where we just it's going to be like a five hour long podcast that nobody listens to. And it's just us. I've been excruciating about Iowa football because that's what. You do as a Hawkeye fan. Right. And I'm okay with that. That's who I am. That's part of my personality. I've accepted it. You should too. Yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I certainly agree with you where I, you know, I applaud them for, for like going back on the decision and not just being like, no, we made it. Like we're going to stick with it. Of course, you know, lots of pressure from 
schools like Ohio State and the, the parents of a lot of the players and stuff. So other factors, but like, I'm still like, good job. Like a lot of times people in those positions will be so headstrong and so like petty at times, even where they're like, nope, I'm going to stand on my decision that I made. So glad that they did. It does also seem like kind of a weak move by the Big Ten because it kind of seemed like, well, you know what? SEC, Big 12, ACC, you know, a few of the other schools, you guys go ahead and see how, how it goes. If it goes okay, then yeah, sure, we'll we'll join in. So it like mostly it just kind of goes back to me of like I'm just like, why the haste to cancel it all so early anyway? Like it's been such an like if there was more of a fluidity of like them talking to the players and and the media and stuff of like this season, it wouldn't be such an up and down roller coaster of of what's been going on with it. So I still don't think the Big Ten has handled this well, but yeah, as a Hawkeye fan, I can't deny I'm not extremely excited. <laughs> right, exactly. And it just goes to show, here's my thing, right? I I, I think it with the haste was definitely there. But, you know, I, I do respect them just saying, like, we're not going to drag this out too late until we really have to start the season. Otherwise, we're going to lose even more money. So I do get, like, making the decision a little too early. I just, NCAA, why aren't you running in here? And this is the one reason you exist. Again, this is the one reason you exist is as this governing body that likes to be the overlords of stupid things, you know, then why aren't you coming in here and being like, let's all meet at a table and figure something out so that we don't have this thing where half the league is starting two weeks, three weeks before everybody else, you know, like that just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just like, why does the NCAA exist? They don't care about that. Right. The NCAA just wants to make money. Was, right, but then they shouldn't about that. We've talked about that before. No, they, they shouldn't. Should there, there's no re- I mean, there's no reason. Well, and I think, too, like, the NCAA, you know, is, like, no other – the Big Ten isn't announcing the start of any other sport. Like, so I think the NCAA can still work in the sense of, like, some sports because some – college sports there aren't there just aren't the paths to an nfl like not every sport has a professional league like the nfl or the nba or mlb nhl like not every sport has the professional opportunities that some of these sports have so i think the NCAA could still work in a sense for like some of those sports but college football players just aren't they're not under the same umbrella that other college athletes are like they're just not the sports don't make as much money and the professional opportunities like aren't there e- either a lot of times. So there's just no like the whole NCAA covers all college sport is from Division One to Division Three. Like it's so stupid. It it just doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah, it, it absolutely doesn't make any sense. And we and you know, I I I know I've said it before, but I have to rail on on the NCAA whenever I can. So I'm I'm going to do it. <laughs> I hope I'm I hope always, that <laughs> I'm always a, a fan of that, but for sure. Regardless, excited that the Big Ten will be back because that means we can watch Iowa football and we'll certainly be talking lots of Iowa football. Folks, now it's time for a little shout out to one of our many wonderful sponsors. When you want to listen to the Two Beers Please podcast and have to turn it to that right AM dial, you want reliable products from a family owned store. Radio Shack is your answer. 
order online for late shipments, or come to the store where one of our condescending salespeople will make you feel like a real idiot. Radio Shack, you've got questions, we've got answers. So thank you to Radio Shack. We love Radio Shack. You know, there's nowhere else I like to go to really be made to feel like, what's the point? Why do I own a phone even? I should just go back to the times of can can calling, if I can say, because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm buying, and you're not obviously going to help me. So thank you. It's always a feeling. It, It keeps me humble. It keeps me humble. That's that's important. I always like when I think of Radio Shack, I'm just like, I wish I could go back. I mean, I can, but like sometimes there is like a nostalgia to listening to like I like love listening to Iowa football on the radio. And like I love like those old stories about, yeah, we were listening to the Brooklyn Dodgers on the radio. And I there's some nice nostalgia of listening to sports on the radio as opposed to to watching it on the telly. Yeah, there is. I do love ESPN radio. I'll go. I'll, I'll listen to ESPN radio all day. And it honestly helps m- me because I'm always looking at my laptop or at my phone or at the TV. It actually gives my eyes a break. And now with, you know, Mike Greenberg on the radio again, I don't even have to watch Get Up. I can just listen to him literally repeat what was on Get Up all by himself. It's great. <laughs> my favorite part of the Greeny show is just like, and here's a clip from earlier on Get Up. And I was like, what's... So this is literally just the same show, just strictly on the radio, and you have like a camera on you in the radio. Like you guys are literally doing what you just did two hours previously, Mike. But yeah, I love it, Greenberg, so I don't really care. Yeah, I can't watch the two of them because I'm like, you're just saying everything you said, and they're like, and here's what Swagoo yeah. had to say about it. Right? You know? Yeah, they, like, they use the clips from Get Up. So it's, how are you doing today, Jan? I'm okay. Woke up a little sick. Not Corona sick. Let's let's everyone let me get out of the way. Not Corona sick. Just the sniffles. Uh, nothing in the throat. Yeah, a little. I think I got the black lung. The black lung. <coughs> Whoever can name that movie first gets a free prize from yeah, two call beers. in. That's today. what I'm gonna start doing. Just random movie references. Ooh, ooh, and then we'll do like a quiz show, and we'll have people yeah. call in, and they have to remember. I'll send um, you some really good stuff, like a piece of gum. Oh gosh! Oh god! Yeah, just fun. one, not a pack. Just one. I'm not made of money here, people. Yeah, obviously. And, Radio Shack uh, doesn't give us that much. Yeah, they don't. They've really since they went under. Since they went under. Since they went down under. And um, yeah, I've been doing okay though. You know, it's it's quiet uptown here in 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 Washington Heights, and uh, yeah, but it, you know, doing as well as I can. Uh, glad we're doing more episodes throughout the week. Uh, gives Amen. me something to keep up with. So, real happy to have this podcast. Uh, real, we have to do this many with all the stuff that's going on. Honestly, I was gonna say over overload is is truthfully an understatement. I don't know. I I watched the the, the Mercury Mystics game, and I was watching obviously the Celtics Heat. You know, I, I obviously am a little bummed out about the first game loss, especially because I think we had it and we just let it go. But you know, it's gonna be. I told I texted Matt this last night. I want an easy series, and it's just not gonna be that. Even though I think we're the better team, it's just not gonna be an easy series, and it's gonna go to Game no. Seven probably again, and I'm just gonna have to suffer through it. And uh, I mean, my prediction is that we go two one up. We'll get in there. We'll get in. We'll get into it a little later. Yeah, and it'll be great. But, but it's gonna that's be. How I feel. Yeah, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a good series. It's gonna be. 
it's going to be one of those where like it I I don't like I don't see a 3-1 comeback in this one just because I don't think either team is going to be able to get that much separation but yeah. yeah it's a beautiful beautiful day here in New York I got my window open which I'm hoping my outside will stay chill you never know in New York sometimes it can be really quiet and then out of nowhere be like okay there's 16,000 people and 17,000 sirens. So let's hope that doesn't occur because I'm really liking this this breeze I got going on. It makes me It makes me feel even more ready for, for football season. Right. It does feel very football. I feel like I can put on a light Iowa jacket, just a light one, and then go outside. <laughs> just a, a light, light one. jacket. A light jacket, just a light just one. A light jacket. Like just slightly it's like I football. football. Right. If I wore this in November, I'd freeze to death. But because it's September, I'm all Gucci. Thank you very much. All right. We're heading down to the local pub. What are we drinking today, Jan? Uh, Well, so I combined two things that I do. Obviously, we drink. That is one of the things. And I needed the coffee midday. But I know that if I said I'm drinking coffee again, everybody would lose their shit. They're just losing their shit, honestly. So put a little Bailey's in my coffee. Got a little Bailey's in the coffee and it's real nice and I'm enjoying it and I'm feeling good. How about you, buddy? I, I would have killed you if you had said you were drinking coffee. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Over there with a vodka or something, but I got another Brooklyn brewery. I'm going with the six point brewery. They're melt meltdown. It's a double IPA, super fruity, real, real hoppy. I like I like hoppy uh, beers. Now, do you know why they call IPAs Indian pale ales? I don't know why they call them. Why why do they call them that? So when they used to send their ales from the UK down to India, they would have to add more hops to like make sure it sustains and doesn't go bad and everything. And so, like for the travel of like on the ship, so. Then they started to be known as Indian Pale Ales because, like, they get that hoppier taste and stuff. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Isn't that okay. fun? That is fun. Matt loves the history, so I'm glad that you give me some. Yeah, I do. Give me some every, every beer single. history. Some history. Some beer beer story. Some. All right, uh, Dion. I got uh, the question of the day. Okay, let's do it. Which defending champion of the five five major leagues? English Premier League, Bundesliga, Syria, La Liga, or Ligurn is at most is at the most risk of defending their title. And which team do you see winning said title instead? All right, which of the top five? Let me get the, the let me get the one that won't lose their title out of the way. And spoiler alert: it's Bayern Munich. They will win the Bundesliga for a ninth time in a row. Yes, nine times in a row is hard, and stuff will happen that is not according to the plan. But I'm I'm less concerned about them because of how good they are, and more because I mean, who are which team is going to you know dominate enough to challenge them? I mean, Leipzig doesn't have Werner anymore. Dortmund might lose Sancho still. You know that neither of these teams look like they're particularly ready to challenge Bayern, especially after the season they've had. Yes, Bayern has lost some players that will cause some inconsistency, but they also added Leroy Sané, which is only going to increase their attacking. So Bayern's not going to lose the Bundesliga. Get that out of the way. La Liga, maybe. Real Madrid isn't too strong, but I also think I, I really don't know what Barcelona's going to do, you know, with the whole Messi thing. Of course, Messi's playing. But is that gonna? What effect is that gonna have? There's a new coach that came in, and and 
already hasn't reacted well to the whole situation. So they're in flux. I don't think they're going to be consistent enough to challenge them. Atleti is probably the team I'm most worried about for Real Madrid. You know, they have Joao Felix. He's only going to make another step up. But I do, I do still give Real Madrid La Liga tentatively. Obviously, I'm not really sure, but I just don't know about the other teams. So I'm going to put them out of the way as well. Obviously, PSG is the easy target right now because they're they've lost their first two games and they're 18th place in Liga. But everybody, calm down. They don't have any real competitors, right? If you, like, yeah, if you're worried after two games, like I don't think you've ever watched the French league, have you? Right, abs- a- absolutely. And like, just to tell you, you know who's number one right now, Ren, and they don't even have three wins out of three. They're number one, and they have a tie. That doesn't make any sense. If there was a team that was like out of the gates, three wins straight, they don't play PSG for six games. PSG, fine, but it's Ren, and they don't even have three wins yet. So. I'm not worried about them. PSG, give them till week 10 before they're at the top again. Moving on. The two leagues I am worried about, Matthew. Serie A, definitely a candidate. Juventus is strong, but much like Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets, Andrea Pirlo is unproven as a coach. And Weston McKennie, who came over from Schalke, is promising, also unproven on a big stage. Meanwhile, Inter Milan is going to be even stronger next year, and... You know, Juventus, like Bayern, has won the league many times in a row. And every time you win, again, the ceiling is always ready to fall. That's a team I'm worried about. However, they're not my number one team because I do believe in Cristiano Ronaldo. They could get Luis Suarez still. We'll see. But the team I I pick as my number one team to fall, you guessed it, Liverpool. They already looked weak in their opener defensively. Of course, their attack saved them. Mohamed Salah, three goals, yada, yada, yada. But do you know that since 2018, no outfield player has made more errors leading to goals than Virgil van Dijk? Yeah. Did you know that? No player outside of Virgil van Dijk has made that many errors leading to goals, including in the Leeds United game. On top of that, they've got so much competition. Man City is still Man City. Manchester United will be even stronger. Arsenal looks ready to bounce back after that first game. And Chelsea made strong signings. Timo Werner, Kai Havertz. Liverpool will not be able to play as consistently as they did before. They will not retain in the Premier League. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly agree with you with PSG. I just don't think, like, there's 36 more matches and just there's no one else in league and that really can can challenge them. I think Dortmund has a chance to push Bayern, but I'm predicting that the Sancho deal gets done in the midseason transfer window. And I think once they lose Sancho, I just, I mean, Bayern just has too much. I mean, it's not, it's a shame because I like when Dortmund can challenge Bayern, but <laughs> you'll be happy with the fact that they won't. So yeah, Bayern and PSG seem seem pretty straightforward. I actually think Liverpool is still going to get it done. They didn't look great against Leeds United, but Virgil van Dijk, I mean, he has the ball a lot more as a modern center back, you know, so it's not a great stat for him, but I don't think it's like the most – like you also have to see like how much a person has the ball for them to make said mistakes. Um, and I, I think City's defensive woes are still a lot bigger than what Liverpool's are. I, I, like I still think – I still have more faith, faith in Van Dyke and Robertson and, and Alexander-Arnold than I do anyone that's in the back line for City. Chelsea's made big signings before and – even when they do pan out for Chelsea, they usually don't pan out in season one. So, and, and I love my Man United, but I don't think they're there yet. So, I mean, I, th- I think the only real worry for Liverpool is City, and I don't think City has 
made any significant changes to the team they had last year. So I think Liverpool's fine. I agree with you. I, I think Juventus is a real risk. I think Inter Milan is finally going to get this, is going to finally break Juventus's streak of nine straight Serie A titles. I think Juventus, especially if they get Suarez as Ronaldo gets older, I think they're just so focused on winning the Champions League too. Where I think this year they really they really do focus in on that, and that I think will take away also from from their focus on the Serie A. And, and Inter's also just becoming a better team. And I'm also going to take Atletico. I'm going to. I think Atletico Madrid is going to take home La Liga. There's just all the drama in Barcelona. Real really still is kind of a team, sort of in flux with those those older players from from their run of four or five Champions League. So I think we at least see two new champions in, in Inter Milan and Atletico Madrid. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I mean Atletico. My my thing with them is I have to I have to hang my hat on history. They've had so many chances where they've looked the better team in then Real Madrid and Barcelona sometimes and like even when Griezmann was there in his prime and they just haven't gotten it done. They can't get it done sometimes and so I don't I can't ask that they win the La Liga when I've seen them fail so many times to do it. I agree with you of course about the Juventus thing like that's that was my number 2 pick. My thing with Liverpool is less about there being a clear-cut person that's going to beat them like Inter Milan and Juventus and more that I don't think they're going to have a win streak like they did and that's the only thing that saved them, right? They won so many times about against everybody that the other teams it didn't matter how good they were. And and while while Liverpool's defense is obviously better than Manchester City's, I don't, tr- I don't trust Trent Alexander-Arnold in the defense as much as I do a- a- him going forward. He's a wonderful wingback, absolutely. But I think we've also seen, especially at the at post-coronavirus, he got beat a lot. And I know that it didn't matter. I know that yada, yada, yada. But you know what? Competitors compete, especially young competitors. And to see him kind of like lackadaisically slack it off, I don't really know if I feel super good about that obviously Liverpool is going to be the favorite to win still but I don't think Manchester City is that far underneath them and I also don't think that Chelsea and Manchester United are as far underneath of Man City as we think they are I just think that enough games are going to go draws or losses for Liverpool that another team will emerge you know who won't emerge I don't think I don't think Liverpool needs I don't think Liverpool needs a a big streak though I mean they like they, they had that big streak and it just made them win the league so early like I Liverpool dominated so much last year that even if they take two steps back, they're still unless unless City actually gets better, they're still like better than the rest of the Premier League. Right, but you look at the wins that Liverpool had. Of course they won against their close competitors and those games can always go either way. But another big factor was that Liverpool was slacking all the teams that they were supposed to slack right? They looked good against the teams that are supposed to look good. And that's a big thing for champions. You have to win against your competitors, but you also have to kick the crap out of all the, all the teams that you should be kicking the crap out of. That's like kind of a hallmark of champions. And I know it's game one, but we saw already with Leeds, they should have kicked the crap out of Leeds. I don't care. You're you're going to hold one game against the team that ran away away with the Premier League last year and won the Champions League the year before that. Like, I don't think if Here's they have a saying. if they have a bunch of streaks like of matches like that, then yeah, I think it's worthy to start being concerned about. But like if you're looking at just results wise, I don't think it's fair to put like one game. And I know they weren't they didn't look great after the coronavirus break, but I think also it was more a thing for them of like they knew they had wrapped up the Premier League. It was such a heavy weight that was on them. So I think it was like one of these things where they like 
finally could kind of exhale. I don't think it's fair just to hold the Leeds game against a team that the last two years has been one of the best in Europe. Right. But here's the thing, Matt, the Premier League is the hardest to repeat in. So in fact, a game like that, where it's not just that you had a weird game, it was that your defense looked atrocious and you let a team name another league where you would, you would let off the champion for being that bad defensively. If Bayern went in tomorrow and, and, and well, let the other leagues aren't against- as good. Bundes, like the other leagues aren't as deep. So, okay, I mean, but- that's one, that's one thing where I'm like, yeah, like I, I'm not going to hold it against him because like the, Bottom team in the Premier League sometimes a lot better than the midway team in some of these other leagues. Like, so it, it's different between other leagues doing it. And if so, like, yeah, I'm probably still not going to get that worried about it. Like, if right. Byron goes, if Byron goes in four threes open on this their start of the season, like, yeah, I'm still going to think they're going to get it done. Like we just said that P- PSG's lost two games, and both of us have been like, they'll be fine. But right. Liverpool, Liverpool wins. Any, Liverpool a wins a close one, and like they're really, really bad now. I don't know if that. No, but here's the thing: PSG, no competitors. Real Madrid, two competitors, maybe. Juventus, one real competitor. Lazio's good, fine, but they only really have one score. They're very inconsistent, and Atalanta is not going to be the same team. Bayern, one competitor, maybe. Liverpool. At least three or four. You can't just write off the other teams just because they weren't as good. Arsenal looks better. They've had a run since going from the FA Cup at the end of the year. I think they are better. Chelsea looked real good. Okay, I know they had the Bayern loss or whatever, but that they were already 3-0 down. That absolutely can't count. And they do have two good signings. Maybe they don't pan out as much, but they did still finish top of the Premier League in their coronavirus times, right? And also... You know, Manchester United, I don't know why you're not giving them a chance. I know that they are not the team that's going to win, but they can cause Liverpool enough troubles in both games that I don't think Liverpool wins as many as they do. I'm just saying Premier League is the hardest to repeat in, and as a champion, you want a good win to start with. This was an easy win for them to start with, and defensively, they did not show up. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not taking away from the other Premier League teams is just much being like, I don't think you're giving Liverpool enough credit. Like, I just don't, I think those teams, there's, there's the gaps that just like, they don't, they haven't made those gaps yet to like catch up to Liverpool as far as I can see. And I think at the same time, like, yeah, as a champion, you want to come in and the next game be, you know, you open with a 5-0 win, but part of being champion also is everybody wants to beat you. And so you're going to, and like, also it's Leeds first Premier League. Like there's a lot of other factors, I think. Um, yeah, I just think Liverpool is still, still the best team. I, I I don't see City being a different team. And I just don't think those other teams have made up the gap quite yet. Okay. I mean, here's my thing. And I know there's some other factors going on. The fact that they had won the league already, basically, and they didn't really have the Champions League to show out in because they had already been elim- eliminated. But I have not seen a performance that shows me that Liverpool is the best team in Europe since the coronavirus break. So until I see that, I'm not going to say I'm confident about them winning it off. I'm just not. That's just kind of where I stand. And maybe, you know, this first game is harsh to judge them on, but I'm also judging them on all the run of games that they had at the end of the Premier League. Yes, they won it out. Yes, they got it secure, but they weren't particularly great in any of them. So that's kind of where I sit with that. Yeah, I think that's it's fair. Um I don't know. The scale, you seem to be changing the scale on, on how we're judging things, but I think Liverpool is going to re- re- uh, repeat. I, I mean, I'm well aware that it's the toughest league to repeat. It's the only league that has any depth to it, but 
yeah, I guess we'll see. It should be a good year. Let's make make our way over to the NFL. Jan, why don't you take us through what happened with uh, most of the AFC teams this weekend? All right. NFL. Well, we're just happy to have it back for sure. For sure. Happy to have it back. Um, I The AFC is interesting. More interesting than we thought it was going to be. And some, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons. But I'll just start off and, and go through some of the results in week one. Uh, we'll start off in my favorite division, the AFC East. Obviously, my New England Patriots getting a 21-11 win over the Dolphins. Cam Newton rushing 15 times, scoring two touchdowns with his legs. Defense looked good for the New England Patriots. Obviously hard to tell because Ryan Fitzpatrick looked god-awful. And Tua should come in sooner rather than later unless they're really trying to save him. Uh, But Patriots, you know, looking like a completely different team. They just are than when they played with Tom Brady. Not just because Cam Newton's there, but also because their scheme's completely different. They've already come out and said they're not going to run him into the ground like some people were worried they might. So I am excited about what this team can do. And I think they're going to challenge the Bills a little more than people uh, are kind of looking down on them for. Speaking of the Bills, the Bills beat the Jets 27 to 17. Josh Allen threw 46 times. I mean, he did not just run it in. And they have Devin Singletary and they have uh, the new kid uh, and his name is he's on my team, my fantasy football team. I cannot believe Zach I Moss. forget Zach Moss. They have two really good running backs and yet they still threw it 46 times and he completed 30, 33 of those passes, 312 yards, two touchdowns, still did it with his legs, 14 carries for 57 yards, the most rush, the biggest rusher for the Bills on the day, one touchdown running as well. Stefan Diggs looked good, eight catches for 86 in the first game. That's what you want. I mean, again, just like the Dolphins, this, the Bills were great, but the Jets looked awful. Le'Veon Bell got hurt. You know, Sam Donald looked like he didn't really know what he was doing. He somehow looks worse than when he came in the league. And I think Adam Gase is a terrible coach. I don't know why they, that he's still there. He's needed to go since day one. How? I have no idea why he's still there. It's like the Jets want to be bad. And if they want to tank for, 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 you know, what's his name? They want to tank for Trevor. They should. They should tank for Trevor at this point because they're not doing anything after that first game. It's very no. clear. So it's just crazy uh, how bad the Jets looked and how bad the Dolphins looked. The Jets looked even worse. So uh, Bills win 27 to 17. They lead the the AFC East right now, in my opinion. It's going to be interesting to see Bills Patriots, who kind of grinds it out. Those games are going to be defensive slogs for sure. So that's going to be really interesting to see who can come out. I really do like Josh Allen. I think he has some things too kind of work on but he looks already like he's ready to throw more and be a little more accurate so bills get the win 27 to 17 we move over to the afc north where we obviously have lamar jackson mvp caliber candidate uh he looked like the reigning mvp matt he really did 275 yards throwing 20 of 25 completions three touchdowns also had 45 yards on the ground so he didn't completely abandon the run or anything i mean hollywood brown had 101 in the air as like kind of the number one wide receiver incumbent jk dobbins who's their uh kind of promising rookie running back scored a touchdown so they're getting him involved early the browns looked bad and i say it again the browns looked bad baker mayfield was 21 for 39 for only 189 yards through the air right i mean I, i i compare this to the joe burrow game that i saw and you would think that baker mayfield and joe burrow came in the same class because that's how baker mayfield is playing but that's not true. Baker Mayfield's been in this league for a couple of years now, and he needs to figure out whether he's a talented quarterback or not. Kareem Hunt upset Nick Chubb, had the most rushing yards for Cleveland. 
that could be good or bad. You know, Kareem Hunt is a good running back. Hopefully that works out for them. You know, it's hard to take the Browns after one game, of course, especially when that game is against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, who is an AFC favorite. But they looked really bad, especially Baker Mayfield and OBJ. And I just think they start have to start thinking, which of those two players do they want to build their team around and get rid of the other? The other team in the AFC North that I'm going to be talking about is the Steelers. They did not play an AFC team. They played the NFC Giants, but they did win. They grabbed a 26-216 victory over the New York Giants. The defense for the Steelers was amazing. I mean, Matt, do you think there's a better, better defense in the league right now? I don't think so. They're right. They they look tough, and they like. I think a lot of times too, like Steelers defenses, they're always they're always great at the pass rush. And this team, particularly with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, they they have that. But that run defense was tough. It was. I mean, Bud Dupree looked like a man on fire. Truthfully, I mean, they held Saquon Barkley to fifteen rushes for six yards. And I know personally how much that do anything. I know personally. And I mean, this is the best defense in the league for me, hands down. I mean, there are other, some other ones that were great, obviously, but just watching them too, they, I mean, they couldn't do anything. Uh, Big Ben looked solid in his return. I mean, I don't know. It was so hard to focus on anything but the defense, but Matt, he had 229 yards throwing and three touchdowns, two of those to Juju Smith-Suster, who had six catches for 69. Do we think think that they, yeah. yeah. I, I was just going to say, I think like, and I, you know, I, I don't even think Ben Ben has to do that much. No. Yeah. And like, it wasn't like, it wasn't a game where you're like, oh, wow. Like Ben Ben was incredible. Of course he was more than like a game manager, but he, he was just steady. And I think that's, that's all he's going to have to do. Like, I don't think this team with that defense and if Juju can kind of get back to the way he was playing a couple years ago when big Ben was healthy, I, I mean, this team could, could be really, really tough, especially come playoff time. Right. I mean, we were not giving them enough credit for their 8-8 eight and eight finish despite not having a quarterback basically last year. And Mike Tomlin and, and Ben Roethlisberger, that's not a duo that you want to go up against ever. It's clear that they know how to play for Ben Roethlisberger. He cannot shrug off the tackles that he used to shrug off. He cannot do what he used to be able to do with his legs or necessarily, you know, make the kind of athletic plays that a Mahomes or Jackson could make. But he can stand in the pocket and deliver. He can make game manager decisions, and he did. And he is going to ride this defense to challenge the Ravens, in my opinion. Now, how will the Steelers' defense kind of react to a Lamar Jackson-type quarterback that runs a little more, that's a little more shifty? We'll see. You know, it's hard to tell, but they held Saquon real well. So they they look like they're up for the task for sure. The Giants didn't play badly. I mean, they really didn't. Despite the Steelers' good defense, they could have won this game. You know, Daniel Jones threw a terrible pick at the goal line, not because it, you know, was a bad throw, but because it was a bad decision. I don't know what he was thinking. And, you know, that's a young quarterback mistake. Yeah, that's fair. Otherwise, because otherwise he did. You know, he looked like I was impressed by. By number eight, uh, back there, I because I've not never been like a big Daniel Jones guy, and yeah, it wasn't a great, wasn't a great interception, but I, right, yeah, no. over overall, I like I, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good performance by Jones. It definitely was a good performance by Jones, and especially because with that kind of defense coming out, you you could freak out. Like there are plenty yeah. of quarterbacks I can name sure. that would freak out. Instead, he said Saquon's not here for me right now. I gotta go somewhere else. 
got his man Darius Slayton several times down in the air. You know, I think that they're going to be okay, especially in an NFC East, which you'll talk about division that doesn't know what they're doing. And yeah, so it was a good game. Steelers defense is the main thing to take away from. They're going to be a good team in the AFC North. And now let's talk about the last AFC North team, the Cincy Bengals, obviously starting Joe Burrow, their quarterback for the future. He looked okay. He looked okay. He ran in for a touchdown in his debut. He threw for 193. You know, one interception. Is that that much worse than Baker Mayfield? No. So he's already not the worst quarterback uh, in that division. And yeah, he played, you know, he played like a rookie. Chargers got a, but- Chargers got a good defense too. Chargers got a good defense. They're not exactly. a great team, but like they got Bosa. They got they got a good defensive backfield. Yeah, and and like he played pretty well. He played like a rookie, but not too awful. He played pretty well considering the Chargers really did rough him up. You know, and this game was a defensive slog. There were two actual TDs, one for Burrow, like I mentioned. Josh Kelly ran in one in the fourth for LA to tie up the game. There was three field goals for the Chargers, two for Cincinnati. It was a defensive slog. It's hard for a rookie to win that kind of game. Tyrod Taylor didn't mess up. That was the main takeaway I got for the Chargers. You know, he didn't do anything stupid that he could have, you know, in in a defensive game like this. So he looks to have held on to that job for another day. You know, obviously, they got the rookie guy, Justin Herbert. We'll see if he can come in this season. But Tyrod, you know, did what he had to to show that he can be the quarterback to manage behind a good defense. Obviously, Austin Heckler not having the game that everybody expected he would. But I think that was just part of the script. I'm not too worried about it. Let's go to the AFC West. The Chiefs-Texans obviously opening up the NFL season. It was the game we'd been waiting for. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Thursday night matchup, and Mahomes was the clear winner. He looked great with 211 yards and three touchdowns to some of his favorite receivers, including Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Watson looked like a man without his favorite receiver. And you know why, Matt? Because he was without his best receiver. My goodness, Texas, you better, you better be, you, I mean, knocking down Bill O'Brien's door and, and truthfully slapping him around. I do not Dude, know. Dude, what the heck? We thought this was a dumb decision, right? But it, I think in everybody's head, including mine, I was like, you know, I had Deshaun Watson on fantasy football. And I know that doesn't mean a lot, but I did see him struggle in a couple of games. He got double covered and couldn't break out of it like he used to. So in my head, I was like, as much as I think Bill O'Brien's an idiot, there must be something, right? Like some indication that that some, there's a decline going on or there's a personality thing going on. There's something, something, give me something. And of course, there was not. And you'll talk about that later. But Watson looked like a man without his favorite deceiver. David Johnson, who they got from the Cardinals in that trade, he looked good, you know? At least the Texans can hang their hat on. They have a running back. They 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 kind of an Iowa guy. Yeah, another a you and I guy, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I guy. Yeah, absolutely. Sucker. Love love to see him getting up because he had a hard couple of seasons after his really great one. And he looks good. So that's a good thing for Deshaun. They have a running game. I think they'll change what they're doing with Deshaun a little bit because of how this game went. And and let's be honest, the Chiefs defense was good. I mean, people don't talk about enough about them. They still won't talk enough about them because of Mahomes. But the Chiefs defense was good. They're still Super Bowl favorites, in my opinion, because of the dual offensive and defensive prowess. But man, Watson, that offensive line did not help him. His receivers did not help them. Who's going to step up? That's in my question. I mean, Brandon Cooks is there, but he's just not the player that we once thought he might be. Will Fuller possibly could come into that, but whoever steps up is not going to help him as much as 
one DeAndre Hopkins would have. And you might think, you know, Deshaun, he likes that money that he got, but was it worth it, truthfully? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Losing DeAndre. Ouch. Ouch. It's ouch. It's ouch. I certainly wouldn't want to. Yeah. Bill O'Brien's out of a job at the end of this if the Texans don't make some miraculous come around. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, Titans, another team in the AFC, beat the Broncos 16 to 14. Another defensive slog, right? This one was obviously the late Monday night game, the 10 10 p.m. Eastern game that we all stayed up for. My goodness. What a defensive slog, though. Titans look good. You know, Derrick Henry still had 116 on the ground despite a good Broncos defense, even without Von Miller. Tannehill looked good throwing the ball. Broncos, I mean, they they should have won this game. I mean, not that the Titans didn't play well, but their defense gave them every chance to win this game. They had terrible time management down the stretch. I mean... Steven Goskowski for the Titans, former Patriots kicker, missed three different kicks. I mean, two field goals and an extra point. He looked like he didn't want to be on the field. The coach is like, we're letting you go tomorrow. But, you know, honestly, I blame this one on Vic Fangio. I think the coaching failed them. I think Drew Locke looked okay, and Jerry Judy looked really good, you know, despite not having Cortland Sutton. I think the offense wasn't the problem. I think coaching failed them in this game, and the Titans' defense was good enough to get away the win. And obviously, Steven Goskowski kind of exercising some demons with that last kick here's here's that's exactly the point though right when steven goskowski went on ir and the patriots immediately cut him right you thought wow that's a that's a little you know rough steven goskowski super bowl kind of winning kicker multiple times a, a record holder in the playoffs in a couple different categories why would they cut him that's a dumb idea like just place him on ir but they knew that there was something else and you saw it in this game He's not the same after the hip surgery. He's not the same. He already had, was missing kicks at the end of the Patriots season, and that's why they cut them, and now they're right, unlike the Texans getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. So that's exactly what I'm talking about with that. But Titans look good. Derrick Henry is, like, just a monster. I mean, they ran him into the ground, and they should keep doing that until he says he can't anymore because even with a good defense, he got 116 and looked unstoppable. So... Titans have a, a good future in that division as well. Do I think they challenge the AFC West? No, probably not, just because the Chiefs are so good. But we'll see. We shall we shall see. In the AFC South, we had the Jaguars and the Colts. Ah, oh, the Jaguars and the Colts. Oh, my goodness. Obviously, the Jaguars are going to lose, right? You know, they just got rid of Leonard Fournette. They lose all of their defense. You know, they have their, their star their star safety uh or not star safety sorry star cornerback go to the rams what's gonna happen obviously Minshew mania is gonna happen Minshew mania 2.0 gardner Minshew had 173 yards and three touchdowns again and a 27 to 20 win against the colts i don't know what's gonna happen with the jaguars this season obviously probably nothing no idea right but like can we just all appreciate that gardner Minshew heard people shit on him leonard fournette was in an interview and said it's good to have a quarterback for once. I mean, all the amount of shit that Jalen Ramsey's been talking out there. And Gardner Minshew went in there and said, hey guys, I know people have been talking shit, but I'm amazing and we're just going to see what happens. And they did. And they won against a good Colts team. I mean, you know, Rivers did okay in his debut. He still had 363 yards running, one touchdown, two interceptions. 
you know, Naeem Hines took over for the Marlon Mack after the injury, scored two touchdowns. He looks good. But, I mean, who knew the Jags would do this? Who knew the Jags would do this? Nobody. Nobody knew. Gardner Minshew, I mean, I just have to give a little clap for Gardner Minshew. I, you know, I don't know what happens after this, but you just proved to me that, like, you, anybody would be happy to have you as a quarterback, even if it's, like, as a backup, you know, because you're going to go out there and you're going to make something happen, and that's, like, something we don't see a lot, you know? You just you don't even care, and we love it. That's all I got for the AFC because you'll be taking over the other AFC teams that we talked about. Let's go to the NFC, Matthew. Yes, sir. Gardner Minshew. My biggest, honestly, my biggest takeaway from that, though, is are the Colts a good team? I thought they were going to be, but then you go and you lose to the Jaguar. I'm like, that was, I think, I think they were my most disappointing team in week one. Because I was like, you got Phillip Rivers, you got all these other good positional players. You got a defense that was really, really strong last year. And then you lose to a team that is just tank, like unapologetically tanking. Right. I mean, it's true. I, I, I think the Colts will be fine. I, I'm not too worried about them. I don't think they're going to be the team that we think they should be, right? Because obviously that first game didn't give me any hope. But I think they have a couple pieces, vital pieces, that need some time a couple games. Philip Rivers is going to make less mistakes going forward. He's got enough receivers. I think Paris Campbell is going to really step up. And I think you have Michael Pittman Jr. might be introduced there a little bit. He can be good as well. And let's be honest, right? They haven't let Jonathan Taylor take over the reins yet. And once Jonathan Taylor takes over the reins, their running game is going to be great with him as the kind of bruiser back. And Naheem Hines looks like he's going to be a really great pass catcher out of the back, which will help Philip Rivers, who's more of an ancient quarterback. I'm not too worried about them, but this definitely doesn't bode well. This should be no. a division that they. Dude, that could, I mean, that could them. be uh, that could be a real good defensive matchup for fantasy when if, if Jonathan Taylor does become the starter because Jonathan Taylor likes to fumble the ball and Philip Rivers is he's kind of like Favre in the sense where he will he'll he can throw a lot of interceptions even on a good day like he's got a lot of faith in that arm like that could be big turnovers. Do you think? Do you think? Colts or Texans, or I guess Jaguars, which one of those three do you think gives the Titans the biggest challenge for the AFC South? Uh, I still think the Texans. I don't think the Colts have enough pieces to challenge the Titans on a consistent basis. I think, you know, they're like this, this game showed me that they've got more work to do than we think. Jaguars aren't doing anything. Like Gardner Minshew will be a fun you know, little thing that we watch every so often. He'll win a couple more games that he shouldn't, but Jaguars are going to go, you know, four and 12 or whatever they want to do. And I just think as bad as the Texans looked against the Chiefs, we have to give them some. It was the Chiefs, right? Mahomes was clinical on the other side of the ball. True. And David Johnson looked good. You know, that's something that we weren't sure. If David Johnson didn't look good, I'd be like, I'm in trouble. But they can now have a running game that they can rely on. And it gives some space for Deshaun Watson to be kind of the dynamic quarterback that we know he can be. And the receivers, he's not going to have one that he finds to. And he's probably not going to be able to challenge for a Super Bowl this year. But he will have enough receivers where someone will will show up on a, on a game wise basis so i think they're probably the best to challenge the titans but i still give the titans the edge on them simply because they're the team that's more cohesive Tannehill has a couple more you know 
games under his belt as the lead quarterback. You know, Derrick Henry's a monster, and their tight their defense looks good. Yannou Smith coming out is a good tight end option for them as well. So I still give it to the Titans, but the Texans are the next up. Yeah, the Titans certainly. I mean, they obviously they didn't dominate the Broncos, but they looked they looked confident. Like that that playoff run they made last year, I think, is certainly carried over to this season. They just they they carried themselves in in a very confident way that it was like, yeah, we're gonna go do our job and get this done. All right, so I will uh, segue, segue us over to the NFC. We'll start in my favorite division, the NFC North. Of course, last episode talked about the Packers already a decent amount. Rodgers playing like that. I mean, this team is going to be able to compete with anybody. I still think if they want to have uh, a, you know, a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl, that pass rush needs to be a little more consistent. And I'm not totally sold on, on the run defense. I mean, after that thrashing that the Niners did in the NFC Championship game. I think I think I still have nightmares about that. So it was a good job against <laughs> Dalvin Cook, but I you know, I'm going to see I'm going to have to see a little more evidence than just in just one game. So the Packers win though 43-34. The other NFC North teams also played each other, the Bears against the Lions. Mitch Trubisky decided to show up in the fourth quarter throwing three touchdowns in the last 15 minutes of this game. But I think it's – I honestly think this game has less to do with Trubisky playing well and the Lions just having an unbelievable ability to give games away. And I don't know. I don't, if, no, go ahead. No, I, I mean, honestly, as bad – here's what I'll say. As bad as the Jets and the Browns and the Dolphins played, I don't know that I could say that I'm happier to be a Lions fan. I mean, you have oh, yeah. everything that you're supposed to have. You have Matthew Stafford. You know, you have Dondre Swift now. You have, like, a decent running back. Your defense is still okay. You have the wideouts. What is going on? Well, you for three quarters, three quarters, that's exactly – it was showing out. Like, they were up 23-6 to six going into the fourth quarter. Like, the team that was supposed to come did. I don't – like, I feel like this has always been a Lions thing, but I feel like it's gotten even more accentuated with Matt when Matt Patricia became the coach – so I don't know if he's just really leaned into this despair of the Lions, but they were up 23 to 13 with less than five minutes to go. They had over a 95% chance of winning. Uh, but of course, Trubisky gets two more passing touchdowns and the Lions just continue to torture their fans no matter what. So the Bears and the Packers both sit atop the NFC North at 1-0 apiece. Speaking of divisional battles, we'll head down a little south. The battle of the veteran quarterbacks, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, take down Tampa Tom in his debut for the Buccaneers, 34-23. to Saints defense was able to pick off Brady twice, including a pick six for Janoris Jenkins. You know, neither of those quarterbacks looked particularly inspiring. Um, I, even Drew Brees in the win, it wasn't like it, – it wasn't because Drew Brees was throwing the ball around and getting it to all his weapons, and Michael Thomas certainly wasn't – dominating on the field like normal but the defenses look strong the Buccaneers defense looks a lot better than I thought it was going to and the Saints defense looks really really good I I think this team is gonna have to rely on more smaller kind of dink down stuff get it to Alvin Kamara and, and rely on a really good defense I think the Saints are probably the favorite in the NFC right now as for Tampa I'm not that worried um I do think Gronk, I mean, Gronk, I think, in most fantasy leagues had like three points. I, I just don't think it's going to be a big year for Gronk. I think in key games, if they make the playoffs, I think he can make an impact. But I just don't think he's 
going to be the guy. Partly, too, I think O.J. Howard is really going to start playing well with Brady. Mike Evans probably shouldn't have as bad of a game as that. Like You know, Brady, Brady and this team still need a little bit of time, and I think they do have time to figure it out. But we will see, especially in – I mean, I would argue that that was the toughest divisional opponent Tom Brady has ever played in that Saints team. I can't think of one Dolphins, Bills, or Jets team over the last 20 years that I would pick over that Saints team. So it's going to be a little bit of a different story for Brady this year when you have games against divisional opponents that are a lot better than you're used to. Um, The other big divisional battle was Arizona upsetting San Francisco. mentioned this one the other episode a little bit. Of course, Yannick is predicting that this is going to lead to Garoppolo getting benched. The hot take of the week. But... Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a good hot take, though. It's fun. But, you know, I, for me, this game says more about Arizona than San Francisco. I don't think San Francisco is in a bunch of, of concern yet. I think they still have plenty of time to, to be a playoff team this year. I think it's just more about the jump that Arizona's made. Kyler Murray has certainly improved. Going and getting DeAndre Hopkins was a huge trade for them. He's that game changer that they needed on the outside, and he fits well with Christian Kirk and, of course, the veteran Larry Fitzgerald. You got Chase Edmonds. You got – Kenyon Drake in the backfield. So I just think Arizona has improved a lot as a team as much as San Francisco is hurting. What were those first few kind of divisional matchups? Which one caught your eye the, the most, my friend? And, uh, you know, of course the Lions game was ridiculous. That should never happen in any, you know, Tom, Tom Brady should not be able to lead your team with that long, you know, like that's, you know, that, that was ridiculous. And yet you let Mitchell Trubisky do it to you. I just Mitchell Trubisky without any real help, like Allen Robinson is their best receiver. And Allen Robinson hasn't been good since year one with the Jacks. So like, let's, let's just give that for a second. Yeah. You know, that's definitely the bears aren't going anywhere. The lions aren't going anywhere. It's, It's the Packers and Vikings league to take, you know, the division. So I mean, Kyler Murray looks real good. Kyler Murray looks real good in the air and on the ground. We gave him so much crap coming into the league that he doesn't have like the physical stature to be an NFL quarterback, you know, and he has, you know, like Lamar Jackson, who said people should, he should be a running back. He came in and has proved them wrong. He has a target that he's going to target. And there's, he's going to catch every single pass basically that he throws him. He's got a lot. He's still got Christian Kirk who didn't, wasn't a factor who can be a factor, you know, and he doesn't have to run if he doesn't want to, because they do have Kenyon Drake behind him if they need, you know? So, and that Arizona Cardinals defense is pretty good as well. So I think the Cardinals look really good. You know, I've had some time to calm down about the 49ers. I, I don't blame it as much on Garoppolo. I'm sticking with my hot take. Cause that's where that's, that's a pride thing for me, but I, that. right. But I, um, but I, you know, I, I, I definitely think it was more about the coming out party for Kyler Murray and for Dondre Hopkins. Um, the Bucks Saints game. I I mean, for everyone that was worried about the Bucks, you know, buying everybody and taking over the league, like let's all calm down. Football isn't about having the best players all the time. Sometimes it is about the cohesiveness that you can have between a team. Look at the Titans. You know, that's why they were able to upset players, is because they had a cohesive, talented team. However, I am worried about the Saints. I really am. Because you said it, right? They won fair. But that was because Tom Brady, you know, 
had a lot of things going against them. The Saints defense was good. You've mentioned that. Mike Evans was injured. He was on the field with one leg. Let's all like say that really quick. Like he wasn't supposed to play until game time decision. So of course he was not the player that we expect him to be. Tom Brady will have more chemistry with him and with Chris Godwin. He loves Scotty Miller down the side. He's got enough running backs in his backfield to help him. You know, the Bucks defense is good. They're going to be okay. You know, I don't know. Super Bowl contenders, not not in my house, but like I think that they will be okay in that division. The Saints, you're right. I mean, Michael Thomas might not play this week, Matt. What does that mean? What Traquan Smith is going to take over? Like they, oh, they didn't have... they didn't need him last week, right? True, he didn't, but he I didn't have a, he wasn't a factor in that game. Like I, I don't, I think it's more of a fantasy implication than a, a Saints negative thing. I think it was worse for the Saints when they were relying on him so much. Right, but that's what I'm saying though. Like they won, they didn't win that game because the Saints, the offense played well. They won, they won because Brady couldn't connect on a lot of things, and their defense played well. Like that's what they won. Alvin Kamara is great, and but like I'm looking at. So you're this, putting more of the break. You're putting that win on the Buccaneers playing poorly, not the Saints playing well. I'm putting more of the win on the Saints defense than I am on the Saints offense. Is what I'm saying. I think but the, the defense, Saints earned the victory. Saints earned the victory. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Saints earned the All victory. Right. I'm just saying I wouldn't come out of this game all of a sudden being like, oh, my gosh, like the Saints, they're the favorites, you know, because I personally think after this week one, which, you know, I'm all about the the, you know, hasty takes here. But I I, I was more imp- I think the best offense, in my opinion, right now is the Falcons. I mean, they got Calvin Ridley. They got Todd Gurley. Matt Ryan is throwing better. You know, Julio. No, Jones, they lost uh, that game. Obviously. Right? Right. I know they lost that game. Their defense is the one that they have to be better. Fair. But offense-wise, I think the Falcons is the scarier offense of the three of those right now. I think the Bucs can challenge them. The Saints are very one-dimensional. We'll see what they do if Michael Thomas isn't there. You're right. He didn't play a factor, but I think that was also a game thing, you know? And he's going to have to dink it down to Alvin Kamara. And if they stock the box, I don't know if Drew Brees can play out of it like he used to. So we'll see. I'm a little worried. But Drew Brees and the Saints did get it done, and that's what matters in football, you know. So they did get that divisional win. Will mean a lot down the road, and I agree. Not worried about Tom Brady yet. As far as will he be bad, I I've never thought that he's going to be a Super Bowl contender. Like I've never thought that. Like I was never like the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. They'll make the playoffs, maybe. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs, but they're not going to be a Super Bowl contender. I agree with you. I've been saying that since day one. Y'all, day one. Y'all, can, y'all can join the Buccaneers won't be that good team. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Join I mean, it now Falcons, before you look the dumb. Falcons when they when they score. I mean, they scored thirteen of their points in in the like fourth quarter when the game was already lost. So I, I the Falcons are not a consistent enough team for me to like be concerned about. And I think I think actually it's a good omen for the Saints that their defense is what they're relying on. I mean I at, you know, old adage of defenses win championships, but like if you're calling Carter's defense and then on the other side of the ball, you have Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara and Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas. Once he gets healthy, that's a pretty good setup as opposed to being like, well, we have to score a bunch of points and don't have a defense that can stop anybody. So I, th- I think it's actually a, a good kind of setup for, for the saints the team they had when they won the Super Bowl probably wasn't as good of a defense. That team was just incredible at creating turnovers. But right. you did bring up the Falcons. The Battle of the Birds was really all about Russell Wilson. 
And I think the question right now I'm asking, is this the year he finally gets an NFL MVP award? I'm going to say yes. I think Russell Wilson will be the most valuable player of this 2020 NFL season. Finally get to get that award after kind of being in the discussion for what seems like years now. Um, I, I think there's, you know, Seattle's still asking too much for Russ to make a deep playoff run. And, you know, we'll see how, how else the NFC West kind of plays out with how good Cardinals are, how much of a step maybe San Francisco took back. Um, so that division, you know, has the Rams even looked pretty solid against the Cowboys. That division is going to be tough. But he's going to be my NFL MVP. It might not be a great omen for the Seahawks because the last time the NFL MVP won the Super Bowl in the same season was 1999 with Kurt Warner and the St. Louis Rams. So going to be a great season for the, for Russell. I just don't think the Seahawks have enough to make a Super Bowl run. The other big in-division game was the mascotless Washington football team coming back from 17-0 to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. Their defensive line was fierce and I used to be a big believer in Dwayne Haskins. I'm not sure he's got it in him to make the jump to like be a real big-time NFL quarterback. I hope he does because I really do like him. I like his game. If he's able to, though, with the defense they're getting together, I mean, that's the kind of setup that have won a lot of NFL franchises Super Bowls in the last decade. You know, you think about Russell Wilson being on his rookie deal and Seattle having a great defense and getting the Super Bowl then. So if Haskins can make the jump, Washington's got a good setup for a future. Um, but this game, too, was a lot about what the hell is Carson Wentz doing? I mean, the guy, you're, you're up 17-0, to zero, and then especially at that age, for being in the league as, as long as he's been now, you can't be have, turning the ball over that's going to hurt your team like that. I mean, you are actively hurting your team, helping Washington make a comeback. And Philly, I mean, I know they're dealing with injuries again, but – Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles have to look themselves in the in the mirror and decide what kind of football team they want to be. They were helped out by the Cowboys, kind of doing no better. Malcolm Brown was dominant for the Rams on the ground. He looked incredible running the ball for them. And it was a good offense again. Robert Woods was, was getting open all the time for Jared Goff. The Cowboys just kind of looked like the same team we saw under Jason Garrett. You know, you were waiting for that new change with this new coaching staff. And, and you know, I'm sure a lot of that is the lack of training camp and preseason games and, and this weird flux of a season that we've had so far. So having a new coach is difficult, but they didn't look all that different. Uh, so the Rams got the 20 to 17 win and their debut of the new SoFi stadium, which looked beautiful. looks like an awesome stadium out there in, in LA. And finally the Las Vegas Raiders, the last AFC team and the last NFC team, the Carolina Panthers battled. It was the Raiders getting a win over the Panthers' first-time NFL head coach, Matt Rule. Josh Jacobs, absolute beast, 93 yards and three touchdowns. It's a close 34-30 to 30 win, so I don't think it's a great omen for the for Vegas because I don't think people are expecting much for Carolina. But Bridgewater looked good. Carr looked solid. Robbie Anderson had a big game for the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey picked up right where he left off. So, at the least, the Panthers will be enjoyable to watch one of the most exciting players in the NFL. And that's your rundown of all – NFL action week one. Yeah, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, I, I it's it's really remarkable 
how unremarkable they looked against the Rams. I mean, the Rams defense played great and the Rams came out with a vengeance for this season. There's make no mistake about it. And, and they are going to kind of ask Jared Goff to run less, you know, and, and that is great too, because they have a lot of, yeah, that's what they need to do. That's what Jared Goff is running the ball for you. Yikes. There were times though, you know, seasons where they were like, oh, Jared Goff is a dual. No, he's not. He's not. He should not run. Like, that's just the case. So like, don't make him and that's everything will be fine. I, I think the Cowboys defense was softer than we expect them to be, which I'm more worried about than the Cowboys offense not doing as much as we wanted them to. I think that will is that come. just because yeah, is that just because you have more faith in the offense to figure it out? Right. That is because I have more faith in the offense to figure it out. I mean, CeeDee Lamb was already, you know, being that almost number two receiver over Michael Gallup. So and Michael Gallup even had that la- last pass, which we won't talk about because we've already argued about it. But like, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think that their offense is going to be fine as long as Dak figures, you know, gets a little bit of the jitters out of him. And you know, they have Zeke Elliott at all times, so I'm not, you know, worried necessarily about that. Their defense didn't look too good. That kind of worries me. And we'll see what Mark McCarthy does from here. You know, it, I just can't have any faith in the Cowboys after the last couple of years. It's really hard to hang my hat on that. And um, do you blame the Eagles loss more on Carson Wentz, like making bad decisions on his own? Or do you think, I mean, at, at what point do we blame the coaching staff for it a little bit too? Like their offense doesn't look like they don't know what they're doing. And it doesn't always look like it's Carson Wentz who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, if Carson Wentz was still like a second or third year player, maybe, but you've been a pro bowler. You were going to be an MVP like the year they won the Super Bowl. Like this guy has, has shown enough that he has the capability. And so when you're making stupid throws of like holding onto the ball too long and I mean, it's like, it's like the Daniel Jones pick, but like Daniel Jones, you're like, okay, you're a second year player. You haven't even started a full season. Like Carson Wentz, you, you have several seasons under under your belt. You've played in playoff games. Like you can't actively be hurting. And like I said, like it's not even like like the Daniel Jones ones was was almost different because well, no, that's probably the same thing because you're still actively hurting your team because you're losing points. But like Wentz was doing it more where he was giving points to Washington to come back on. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, we have to give out to Brand- a shout out to Brandon Scherf on that Washington defense. Obviously, ex Iowa guy as well. He's on the uh, offensive he- line. Offensive line. Who Who's the defensive guy? There's an Iowa defensive guy that did something too. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm not sure Washington has any. We're gonna. This is this Iowa is guys research corner. Research corner. <laughs> I'm trying to think who's uh maybe I'm wrong. I might be wrong then. Uh well, give some shout out to Brandon Scherf on the offensive line that is always good as well. And I think that you know, Washington doesn't have a future. You know, Terry McLaurin is there as well. Dwayne Haskins is going to be at least a decent quarterback. So they they you know, and they needed that win especially with everything going on in the offseason. I think it was a good win for them. Yeah, NFC looking good all around. Russell Wilson being your MVP pick, I have one thing to say about it. You're right. It's my pick as well, and you're absolutely right. Russell Wilson's going to win the MVP this year. And I honestly give a little more faith to that Seattle team because, yes, obviously they let in a lot of points. Their defense needs to do a little better, but that was also, like we mentioned, 
in garbage time a little bit once the game was over. You know, they asked Russ to do a lot. Correct. They He ran a lot. He threw the four touchdowns, yada, yada, yada. But this is also, it's not like they... They did use their run rush. They used their rush and it wasn't working. They didn't. They barely rushed their two running backs, Carlos Hyde, who used to be a starter, and Chris Carson, who will be a starter. And so I think that at any point they can choose to take some of that load off of Russell Wilson. And if that can work effectively, we'll see if those two can kind of mimic what Russell did on the ground. Then I think they're very dangerous. And I think Russell Wilson is as good as any quarterback. And I think that you're right. He's going to have an MVP season and and we'll see. I don't even mean asking him to do too much of like running the ball. I just think that offensive line doesn't protect. Like there's just so many times of Russell's running around like crazy and makes something happen because he's an incredible player and he does have solid receivers and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, but you're going to start meeting teams. Like the Falcons don't have a good defense or a good pass rush like the And, and when you play a team that has a good pass rush and has a solid defense, like the, that's just asking Russ to, overcome so much i mean that was the reason the packers were able to to really handle them in the playoffs last year and i'm just not sure they've made any corrections to that i mean we'll see but they're gonna play they're gonna play a lot better defenses than than atlanta right and we'll see how the team reacts to it then i agree offensive line needs some work jamal adams looked great though jamal adams looked like another man over in seattle so that was also good to see but um, yeah, week one looking good. I'm excited. There's so many storylines to follow. Uh, sports overload to the fullest because we basically had to like follow 32 different teams and be like, ah, what's going on? Ah. Wow, the NBA playoffs and Stanley Cup playoffs and U.S. Open. It's it's a lot. All right, Yannick. Let's. And speaking of those playoffs, let's head on over to the ice. We were going to do, while, while I was watching the game last night, I mean, obviously chilling for the Islanders is a New York transplant. But I like part of me was like, you know, for the show, it wouldn't be, it would be easier if the Lightning just won and we had a Stanley Cup preview to do. <laughs> but right. good. I'm glad the Islanders won. And it was fun. I've, watching, watching overtime hockey and having your team win. I mean, it's like we talked about before, golden goal in soccer it's it's so exciting it is so exciting and i and i want to everybody who listened to monday's episode well i guess tuesday's episode at this point um i want to apologize uh because we were so wrong on both of our nhl picks there i mean we said you know the golden knights were gonna come and they were gonna they were gonna fight back in this one i couldn't see them getting eliminated and you know we said islanders are definitely out they'll they're gonna go out four and one and we were so wrong on both of those and that just shows you know, just how everything can go in, 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 in playoff sports in general. I mean, Matt's going to go NBA later, and we'll talk about that for sure. But just so you know, we do have a Stanley Cup finalist waiting in the wings. It is the Dallas Stars. They beat the Golden Knights in overtime. They win the series in five against possibly the best, you know, one of the favorite teams to win besides, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, I mean, do we know anything? Probably not. I don't know. Vegas was up 2-0. You thought they are going to grab this one. But Ben and Kivaranta scored in the third period to send it to overtime. And Grianov scored the Ode of Time winners. Stars are in the Stanley Cup final. They remind you a lot of other NBA teams that you'll be talking about. They're very gritty. They have talent on the offense. And they just don't quit. 
So congratulations, Dallas Stars. You are in the Stanley Cup final, and I'm not voting against you anymore. So you've won that over me as well. And in a more almost, I'm not going to say more surprising because I just didn't think the Golden Knights were going to go out in five. Like you yeah, said. Truly. Islanders beat the Lightning two to one. I mean, they held the Lightning to one goal, which is phenomenal. You know, they got the double over T win for the Landers. Pulak got the score in the first period to put them up. Hedman tied it in the second period. You thought, okay, Lightning are just going to grab a late one, but they grinded it out behind Varmalov's 36 saves. Great goalkeeping job from Varmalov. Game six coming. And with the playoff series and every sports that's been happening lately, I do not count them out i'm excited game six go landers <clears throat> yannick not only am i not counting them out don't the, island, the islanders don't are gonna are gonna win the stanley cup in five games over the dallas stars oh that's the dumbest take i've ever taken. you think the lightning are gonna let two you think the lightning are gonna go three straight oh my word that's the prediction oh my word you know and what then I five games against dallas that I'm more that New I think, York, New York takes it home. If 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 the Islanders get past the the oh man, if the Islanders go three straight against the Lightning to eliminate them, yeah, I'm taking them too. I'll take them in four, honestly. I'll take them for the sweep. Like, let's just get that out of here. If they can do that, hey, I mean, <laughs> steal my hot take. <laughs> you can't jump on board the hot take machine. No, train. but I I, I think the I think the Lightning will win this. Will it will it take you know six Islanders. games? Will it take seven? I just think they had a good grind game. They really, really did. I just don't think the Lightning will be able to lose twice more. I think that's hard to call. But we'll see. There is a game six. And with a game six comes the possibility of a game seven. And when you get to game seven, absolutely everything is possible.